What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with our third bowl preview, man. We are rolling along here. We got all the New Year's games, the college football playoff, all that here. This is the episode you cannot miss. We're breaking down both playoff games in which Ohio State and Clemson face off in the Sugar Bowl, Notre Dame, Alabama, and the Rose Bowl, which will be played in Dallas this year. We also have Georgia, Cincinnati, and Auburn Northwestern to cover, and we're going to talk about, we're going to wrap it up talking about a scandal in which Ohio State has claimed that Clemson is stealing play calls and signals from other teams' sidelines. We have a full show today, guys, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Bowl, 12 o'clock Central, ABC, on January 1st, 2021, kicking off the new year right. And Brandon, I you know, 2020 was a rough year. I can't wait for 2021 to be just as bad as I watch my Auburn Tigers get slaughtered in this one. It's going to be tough. It's it's going to be a tough look. Um, Auburn, so is uh, is Auburn's new coach going to be coaching this game, or is he waiting nope. until next year? Uh, wait until next year. Kevin Steele will be the acting head coach. Well, that's not that bad. That's not as bad as it could have been. Um, Northwestern. I would much rather have the new coach. Well, yeah, me too, but, I mean, it's it's better than Gus Malzahn. Debatable. Must be, like. The, you, you've got to be the biggest Kevin Steele hater in the history of the world. He was 1-31, Brandon, as a head coach. I almost said Kevin Green, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a tough one, but yeah, Kevin Steele, one in thirty-one, Brandon at Baylor. Right. I mean, I, whatever. He's been a good. He's been a good coordinator. Um, this one's gonna be. This one's gonna be a fun game to watch too. I mean, not that it's going to be like a great game or anything. I'm not gonna go out on that limb. I won't go down with that ship or anything. Um, but it'll be fun to watch. I mean, I mean, these are two. Uh, teams that I think anyway are pretty fun to watch, unless you're Zach. If you're Zach, then, then Auburn might not be that fun to watch. But, um, I mean, th- both of these teams are, are, are kind of uh, – they're kind of chippy. They're kind of – I mean, call them what you want. Um, they can both win games. I mean, they, they can both win games they're really not supposed to win. They can kind of hang in there when no one really expects them to, and then sometimes they underperform. The best way I can describe Auburn is that they play down to their opponents, right? Like – like they kind of st- they kind of stick in the game unless they're playing against LSU, like yeah. no matter who they're playing. And so, I, I don't know. It, it, to me, I feel like even though these teams on paper aren't like super similar or anything, um, I feel like they both have a habit of doing that. Like they'll play up or down to their opponents. Um, that's the reason why Northwestern lost to Michigan State this year. 
I yeah. mean, and, and they limited o- Ohio State to 22 points. I mean, they're going to play with whoever they're playing against. It's just I'm not sure if they're I'm not sure who's going to get the win in this one. Um, it, 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 this one's kind of a hard one to predict for me. It's not Northwestern by a million, Northwestern by 10 million, Northwestern by a billion. It's not even going to be close, Brandon. A three and a half point spread is disrespectful to Northwestern. Well, see, I don't even want to say that because, I mean, while I do love trashing Bo Nix, I, you know, everyone knows I love that. You know, 11 touchdowns to seven interceptions this year. He really is Bo Picks this year. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Ramsey is somehow worse. I don't get it, but he is. But he's thrown for all. He, he's thrown for what? All, what seventy five less times? Oh well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's he has he has ninety nine incomplete passes on the season, which isn't like that, that bad when you look at Bo Nix's numbers because he has passed a lot less. But the, I mean, he still has that really close ratio right there. I mean, he has nine touchdowns, to eight interceptions. I get it. They've only played eight games. Whatever. You shouldn't have an interception per game. You shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad look. I mean, Peyton Ramsey's not amazing, but Brandon Auburn could be out. Take Bigsby. Mark Anthony Richards, their backup running back. Anthony Swartz isn't playing. Jamie and Sherwood isn't playing. Christian Tut isn't playing. And the list goes on and on. Auburn's missing a lot of people. They're missing their head coach. They, I mean, this, and Brandon, we've seen this in bowl games. Everyone thought Auburn was going to compete with Minnesota last year. What happened? They did not. <laughs> people forget. Yeah, they did not. What happened when they thought they were gonna they were gonna beat UCF? Uh, they did not. Again, they were national champs that year, though, so you can't really like that's what kind of knock would that be on you? What 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 happened when they thought they could compete with Oklahoma? They got smacked. Smacked. I mean, it it, it is disrespectful. Bo Nix. I don't trust the offensive line. I don't trust. There's not going to be a running game without Tank. Seth Williams can't do it all by himself. The defense is banged up. They're missing their starting linebacker. They're missing D-Lyman. They're missing almost their entire secondary. I don't think they can move the ball on this Northwestern defense, which giving up, what, 15 points per game, less than 350 yards per game. This Auburn team's giving up over 400 yards per game. They're giving up 23 points per game. They they were on a two-game losing streak. They squeaked by Mississippi State, in which the halftime score was 3-3. Three to three. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and this is a whole this is a whole thing where this Northwestern team could have beat Ohio State. They were beating them at halftime. Right, right. But this tough. defense made Justin Fields look average. And what do you think they're going to do to Bo Nix? Uh, they're going to make him look really bad. Okay, that's okay. You're convincing me. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm tired. Ty- like we're going to spend a lot more time on the episode on the last two games of uh, this episode, of the last two games. But Auburn. Not a good team this year. Northwestern, a pretty good team. I I don't trust Peyton Ramsey per se, but I think Northwestern has enough has enough firepower to score just enough to get past Auburn. I think their defense forces Knicks into a lot of mistakes. With no Tank Bigsby, this offense is going to be anemic, just like it always has been without a running game. Seth Williams has checked out at times. I don't trust him to come up big. The defense is missing a lot of parts. How's the defense going to do with Kevin Steele? calling the defense and trying to be a head coach. I'm not super confident. Kevin Steele goes to one and 32 as a head coach and Northwestern wins this one 20 to seven over Auburn. Right. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to have to go with Auburn here and because just because I know that will destroy you if I choose Auburn and they win and you chose against them. I'll quit so, the podcast. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Auburn in this one. I, th- oh I, think it's a, I think it's a close win. I think – and no matter what any Northwestern fan or Northwestern alum or whatever will tell you, Northwestern is not playing with a chip on their shoulder. They've been in the Big Ten Championship two out of the past three years. Don't listen to them. They are not, they are not underdogs here. They are the favorites to win this game. I'm going with Auburn. I think Auburn has a lot more to win. I really, really do. I mean, after after they just lost their head coach, I think that they – I mean, after this lackluster season they've had, I think that they have a lot more to win than Northwestern does. Uh, I'm going to go with Auburn. This is Zach, it's going gonna, gonna, gonna to destroy you when Auburn wins. So, I'm going to go with Auburn, uh, Auburn 31, Northwestern 28. Do you know what the worst part is, Brandon? What? I am going to come in here whenever we recap this game. I think we're going to recap most important first, if I remember right. I, know I'm free, I always forget what we talked about. But well, I'm going to come in here whenever we recap this game, and I'm going to be upset when Auburn loses. You know, I picked against them. I told y'all what's going to happen. And guess what? On on Friday the 1st, I am going to root harder for these Auburn Tigers than I, I ever have. I always root hard, even though I picked against them. I want to be wrong here, and I'm going to come in here and throw a fit, even though exactly what I thought happened. What actually happens, and it's going to be a whole thing, and you're going to see you're going to see a full fledged breakdown. So let's go ahead and schedule our therapy session for next recap episode. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> but speaking of a, a really big game in Atlanta, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, the number nine Georgia Bulldogs versus the nine and zero eighth ranked Cincinnati Bearcats, eleven a.m. January first, Brandon. Georgia's a seven-point favorite, and I think a lot of average fans are shocked to see that spread. Yeah, no, I'm shocked. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not shocked about that. I I, I read that wrong. I thought Georgia was the favorite. Um, I'm not shocked to see this. I'm really not. And and that's weird. That is so weird because Georgia actually is the favorite um, for the spread, and then Cincinnati has, like, the consensus spread. That's weird. Um, I I, I think a lot of the money – um, I, I've got to I've got to go check this out. I've got to go look at Fanduel real quick because the, I, I this is bananas. This is blowing my mind right now. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, and just just while you look that up, Georgia is going to be missing former captain Monty Rice, Ben Cleveland, and Eric Stokes, and backup DB DJ Daniel also opted out. Right, and this is another case I think of. Uh, of a team who has a lot more to win than another team. And I think that Cincinnati, I mean, they have so, so much more to win than Georgia mm-hmm. does here. I, I mean, I get it. It's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. It is the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, both of these teams here lately have been really good. You know, I don't want to say Georgia's been really good all year long. Uh, they're, on their third, they're on their third quarterback of the season who should have been the first quarterback. Um, and if they would have gone with JT Daniels all year, they'd probably be in, in that playoff conversation, but they didn't. And now they've got to suffer those consequences. Um, Cincinnati though, I mean, has had an unreal year. Uh, I mean, this is a year that Zach and I kind of predicted last year. We kind of thought this is what Cincinnati would be last season. And they just kind of deferred it to this season. Uh, and they've been playing out of their minds. I mean, they're nine and zero. if they win this game, I'm declaring them national champs. I don't know about you, Zach. Zach thinks this defense is elite. I think this defense is really good. Um, the offense, to me, is is borderline elite for Cincinnati too. Um, I don't know. I, I I 
in my mind, I don't see any negatives going against Cincinnati here. I, I see only positives. I see a team that I think is better uh, personally. I, I mean, all year long, like as a whole, been better. Uh, here lately with JT Daniels, Georgia has an argument, obviously. Um, but the Cincinnati team's been better overall. Uh, they have a lot more to win. And, and honestly, I mean, they're looking, they're, they are searching for that undefeated season. And I, I think they come out guns a blazing. Luke Fickle's no joke. Um, uh, uh, Freeman, their defensive coordinator, is like the hottest coach on the market. And he's going to want to prove himself to, to have like a little bit of leverage. Uh, for his next position, uh, I think Cincinnati comes out, and they, I think they beat uh, Georgia this weekend. Uh, man, listen, you took my pick. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna hide it. My whole thing here is that Cincinnati is a better team than Georgia this year. I've been saying it since week one. I've been saying it week in and week out. I mean, Brandon, if we had to number the number of episodes, I have went on a rant about how Cincinnati is underrated and underappreciated. I mean, we would almost get through our entire catalog for the 2020 season. Right. This team is elite. And listen, you know, the bad part about it is, is that Cincinnati, if they win, will get no respect, Brandon. No, they're national champs. What do you mean? Well, they're not going to get respect because you want to know why. Here's, here's, here's why? what, here's what ESPN Fox Sports, all these big-time publications are going to say the average SEC fan, Georgia wasn't motivated. If this was the playoffs, they'd beat them by 40. Nah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you there. I don't think that Georgia's very motivated for this game. I don't. I mean, I, I can agree with whoever else on that. I I don't think that changes the thing. I mean, it might change how hard they play a little bit, but I think Cincinnati, I mean – you don't think Cincinnati would be more motivated if they were in the playoffs? I mean, this argument goes both ways. Yeah, but you know how SEC is, man. If an yeah. SEC team loses, they weren't motivated. If they win, then they're, they're the superior team, the better conference. I think, it, I'm just gonna buy an SEC, I think I'm just going to go buy an SEC hat. I'm just going to be an SEC fan because <laughs> every every person who is a fan of of any team in the SEC is just a fan of the SEC. I hate that. I cannot stand that. I'm not an SEC fan. I'm an LSU fan. I could care <laughs> less about any other SEC team. I'm not rooting for you. You kidding me? That's what I'm saying. People get so mad at me when I say that, like, this weekend. So, I am actually got a Notre Dame shirt I'm going to wear in two days for the Alabama game. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've got my Notre Dame sweatshirt. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> Listen, when we start selling merchandise, we're, we're going to make an SEC bias line of merchandise where like on, on it's going to be one for each team and then on the back of the shirt it's going to be their worst bowl losses and it's just going to say unmotivated we're going to have that and spoiler spoiler alert for the next episode we're going to start selling t-shirts where coaches are getting things dumped on them there you go you see we have merchandise here Brandon. we need to get on that we'll start selling merchandise soon on that but guys i think cincinnati this is going to sound crazy they have the better offense they have the yeah. better defense. And listen, this is this might sound crazy, Brandon, and I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's a for sure fact, but I kind of feel like it because of what he's done with this team. I think they might have the better coach. Honestly, I mean, and I've been talking about Luke Fickle since this podcast started, man, and I know you have too. I know you've been a believer. This guy's the real deal. This guy is the real deal, and he will stay at Cincinnati until he gets the job he wants. And that job is a big-time Power 5 head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Luke Fickle's the real deal. Listen, Desmond Ritter 
is a dynamic quarterback that is going to make the defense be honest. We've had all these defensive pieces opt out for Georgia. I think Desmond Ritter. I think Jared Dokes. I, I, I think this offense has enough ammo to really put up some points. They're averaging almost 40 points a game. They're averaging over 225 on the ground. They're averaging what almost 250 through the air. This team is on point here. I mean, Jerome Ford, Brandon, the last few weeks has been really clicking. He's the former Alabama transfer. I mean, if you're on scholarship at Alabama, you can ball. And this kid's finally finding his footing. I'm a little bit worried about the receiving threats, but with Desmond Ritter in this rushing game, I think they're going to eat against Georgia's defense, especially a Georgia defense that is missing a lot of key pieces. And on defense, we've talked about JT Daniels, Brandon. But look at the look at the level of competition JT Daniels has faced right now, Brandon. Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Missouri. Right. Which which of those compare to Cincinnati's defense? Absolutely none of them. Not not, not even a, not even a chance, right? I mean, not even on a good day. And listen, this team is allowing under 200 yards passing and under 120 yards rushing per game. I think Cincinnati forces JT Daniels into some turnovers. I don't trust the Georgia rushing game with all the opt-outs. I think Cincinnati wins this game. And listen, this is going to sound crazy. I think they win it by double digits. Yeah. I have Cincinnati 30-20 to 20 over the Bulldogs this weekend in Atlanta. I like that score a lot. Uh, I, I honestly think that Cincinnati can score more than that. I mean, this is an offense that's putting up um, what? I mean, they're putting up almost 40 points a game, Yeah. right? Yep, 39.3. So, and I get it. Georgia's defense is good. Like you said, though, Georgia's defense is missing, like, some really, really key pieces, though. Um, I'm going to go – Let's see. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati 35. Uh, let's say let's say Georgia 31. And I'm only saying that. So Georgia is the favorite, by the way. Um, in sports books, they're six and a half point favorite. Oh man, I I think Cincinnati should be the favorite, but I get it. It's an SEC team. But guys, we're moving on to the games that matter. We're gonna cover the first one here, the Rose Bowl game. In Dallas, I hate this man. I was so looking forward to this matchup in the Rose Bowl with all that legacy and legacy and like I don't know. Uh, for me, watching a game in the Rose Bowl is different, Brandon. Uh, it is. It, it really, really is to me. And listen, uh, this game, this game, I don't think it's going to be close. It's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number four in the country, versus number one Alabama. The very the first playoff semifinal game this year, and Bama, Brandon, a nineteen and a half point favorite. Brandon, in a know, playoff game, in a playoff do you know game. How, do you know how good you have to be to be a 20-point favorite <laughs> in the playoffs? Brandon, the hey, money line. The money line in the playoffs is plus 800 for Notre Dame. And I and and usually this is one of those uh, one of those money lines. I'm like, hey, sprinkle a little bit on it just in case. Don't do that unless you just want to lose your money, honestly. I mean, Alabama is that good. Uh, they are the real deal, and I've already called it. I, they're my national champion this year. They are that good. And so <laughs> dude, I hate to say that too. That like burns coming out of my, out of my mouth. Um, oh gosh. I mean, we just felt, we just followed up probably my favorite year of college football in the history of college football with this. Um, I mean, at least it, the only thing I can say, the only positive I can say is that this year is going to have an asterisk by it. So let it be. Oh man. Dude. So what if we talked about, so, like, what if we talked about it's the weakness really and truly for Notre Dame? 
on offense. For Notre Dame, the passing yeah. game has got to be. Yeah. How good is this Alabama secondary? So good. Incredibly and, good. <laughs> and the worst part is, is there's no way Kyron Ky- Williams could run the ball, right? I don't know. I mean, normally I would say he probably could, but against this Alabama defensive front, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. Oh, man. This is, this is going to be – And, I mean, abs- you've, seen, you've seen Alabama in the playoff. I mean, this is like a whole different – I mean, Alabama's good all year long, and then they get in the playoff, and they somehow step it up a notch. Yeah, they, they do. And, listen, all in the secondary, Kyle Hamilton, yes, he's good. But outside of Kyle Hamilton – who do you trust on the outside to cover Mechie and Dev- and Devontae Smith? I really – I mean, even if you had him in there, I don't know if I'd trust him to cover Devontae Smith. <laughs> that just – that seems unfair. I mean, we're talking Heisman winner here, uh, prob- probable Heisman winner. I got I to gotta look it up. Hang on. So, is Jalen Waddle playing this weekend? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I don't I don't guess I've heard no. anything about okay, that. Okay, so – so two days ago, um, he was not back in practice. Well, you know what? That sucks, Zach, because that just means Jalen Waddle's going to be back next year. That's that's bad news for everybody. No, I doubt it. You don't think he will? Dude, he was, he's still projected to go top five in the draft. That's bananas. That doesn't make sense. That That is not bananas because the Raiders, if he's healthy. The Raiders he's, will trade up. Stop it. They, look, they, they might – I'm the one who jokingly said uh, – what was his name? Gosh, how did I already forget this guy's name? Um, I, I jokingly said they were going to take that wide receiver in the first round last year, and they did. They actually did. Oh, Ruggs? Yeah, Henry Ruggs, yeah. And I said they were going to take him over Jerry Judy. They ended up doing it. I don't know. Uh, do, they, do they listen? Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, this is going to piss you off. I don't even know if Jamar Chase is going to go top ten. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, sitting out the season, I think, hurt him. It really did. It, especially after the year, because there was no question in anybody's mind that Devontae Smith was not going to go before Jamar Chase. But after Devontae Smith's probably going to win the Husband. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. I mean, this is, this is real bad. Listen, Notre Dame, their strength is running the ball and playing tough defense. And I, I think you saw with Clemson, once they start establishing some sort of a run game, they started to get deep. Listen, if Amar, I no disrespect to Amari Rodgers. We'll talk about him in the next game. If if Amari Rodgers is burning you deep, Devontae Smith is going to do despicable things to your back end of your defense. <laughs> He's going to do unforgivable things to your, to your defense. To the back it's, end it's, of your defense. It is going to be bad. You know that. Absolutely. I mean, it's oh. – I don't even know like how to even break down this game fairly because Ian Book has played an amazing year. I mean, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, but just there's just something inside of me, Brandon, that really thinks he might throw like three or four interceptions this game. Well, I mean, to be totally fair, this is probably going to be the best defense he's seen outside and probably the best defense he's seen all year. And I'm not trying to discredit Clemson at all. I think the defense he saw in the championship – is probably a close second to the best defense he's seen all year. Uh, and they held him to 10. I think this Alabama defense personally is better. And good Lord, if Clemson held them to 10, then I don't, Notre Dame might not score. Uh, 
Listen, I, they might not score, but listen, here. So we're gonna st- stick with some positives. I feel like we're just we're it's just like doom and gloom on this podcast right now. I don't I don't like what's happening right now. So what we're gonna do here is talk about the positives for Notre Dame. How can Notre Dame win this game, Brandon? And I think it starts with Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is gonna have to take all the pressure off of Ian Book. They're going to have to make those Alabama DBs step up, and they're going to have to open up passing lanes for Ian Book and these wide receivers that really and truly I don't have a lot of faith in. The only one that's really popped off the page for me is Javon McKinley, who is their leading wide receiver with 40 catches, 700 yards, but only three touchdowns. Ian Book is going to have to make plays. He's going to have to make plays with his legs. We look at this Alabama team. The teams that beat Alabama are the teams that have a mobile dual-threat quarterback. So can Ian Book be that for Notre Dame? And that's where this question is coming into into me is like the weakness of this Notre Dame team is the back end. So Bama's going to be able to score here. They're averaging 50 points a game. They're not going to stop them. But can Notre Dame keep up? They're only averaging about 35 points per game. And we and I think a lot of weaknesses were exposed by that Clemson defense. And so I think Ian Book and Kyron Williams are going to have to shoulder all the load. And Brian Kelly is going to have to have an excellent game plan to try to pull come out with a win or even a competitive game down there in Dallas. Right. No, you're right. I, just, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to – I have a score already written down. But yeah. I feel disrespectful saying it, but here we go. I have Alabama, guys, headed to the national championship. I have Alabama 52, Notre Dame 20. Not as bad as LSU-Oklahoma last year, so I'll take it. I'm going to go also with Alabama. Obviously, I've already told you they're my national champion. I'm going Alabama 42, Notre Dame 31. Ooh, I like that. Okay. That's not a bad score, but guys, we're taking this last bowl game here. This this is probably I know I said that I said it about um I, I think I don't remember what game I said it about, but listen, this game could be one of the games of the year again. All state sugar bowl, Ohio State number three in the country, number two, Clemson, ten and one versus six and zero. Oh. The FPI says fifty point two percent chance for Ohio State win, seven and a half point favorite for Clemson. Brandon, who do you have in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome down there in New Orleans? This one, I want this game to be good so bad. I really, really, really want this game to be so good because last year this game was incredible. I mean, we have we just have a rematch, basically, uh, of the first round of the playoff last season, a game that Ohio State should have won, um, a game that, that Clemson stole, uh, whatever. Well, that, that's, that's in the past. We're going to forget about that for just a minute here. Um, in this season, I mean, what have we seen? We've seen Trevor Lawrence do just incredible things in, in the time that he's played. And he said, I mean, he was out for what? He was out for three games this season. Two. Two games? He was out yeah, for two games had, this season? Yeah, because they had a bye week for that third week. So he was out for, for two games. Boston College and, and Notre Dame. And he still has 2,750 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, and four interceptions. And he's still – played more game more games than this entire Ohio State team. So I, I get it. I understand the arguments. Ohio State hasn't played. How are they in the playoff? They're six and zero. They're a Big Ten champ. That's how they're in the playoff. I you know and 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 I'm I'm one of these people that is kind of on the fence here because I hear both sides of the argument there. But this Ohio State team is also just I mean they're the real deal. Uh, and with the exception of the Big Ten championship game They've been dominant in every single performance they've had. Every single game this season, 
Even the even the Indiana game, they were dominant for the majority of that one, all except for the fourth quarter when they almost let a comeback uh, win happen. I don't know. I mean, Justin Fields has looked unbelievable, except for the Northwestern game. Let's throw the Northwestern game just com- completely out of the window. He did not Come look on. good against Indiana. Oh my gosh! Okay, he he, is, he okay. I I hear you. He he didn't look unbelievable against Indiana because he threw because because this season he's thrown for more than two interceptions. So he he's worse than last year. Whatever. I'm not here to listen to that, Zach. I'm not. This kid. I mean. You can't you can't discredit him. You can't. Can. You can try, but you can't. I can discredit him and this defense. I don't know, man. I, I want to hear your thoughts. Listen, Justin Fields in every single big game, Brandon, two plus interceptions, and he's been outplayed by the other quarterback, and he's lost. And he lost to Clemson last year. He threw two interceptions, one to end the game, and he got outplayed by Trevor Lawrence versus Northwestern played ridiculously bad and just got bailed out by a 300-yard rusher in Trey Sermon. Then against Indiana, he got bailed out by a run game again where he got outplayed by Michael Penix. And I have no doubt that Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback here and will outplay him. And I think this Clemson defense is the best defense they've played. And I think this Clemson defense is going to shut Fields down. And I will not be shocked if he has less than 150 yards passing. So you think the seven and a half point spread for Clemson isn't even enough? If, no, you I mean, know, I, you know, I was saying that a lot of the experts think this could be the best bowl game of the year, and on paper it could be. In my mind, I think Clemson wins this game by twenty plus. Uh, that's that's insane to me. That's crazy to me. Uh, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, I mean, I know you're I, serious. It's just crazy to me. I, listen, let's go down the positions. We did this with LSU, Clemson, and LSU won. They won the game, right? I you know if I recall I think that I think that you had Clemson winning a lot of those. I had uh, what we had a put we had well we had like two pushes too which made it kind of unfair. Okay, but I think this one I I don't know if you can okay quarterback you got Lawrence Everett Fields right yeah you got Etienne is the best running back in the game yes you got Clemson's wide receivers yeah Clemson's O line yeah Clemson's D line. Sure, Clemson's linebackers. I, I don't. I don't. We we can do this all day, Zach. I get it. It's Clemson. It is Clemson all the way around. Clemson has the better coach, the be, the, the 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 best defensive coordinator. In the I will country. disagree with you on the better coach. I will stop it. I I don't like Dabo, no, and and Jason I'm, I'm Day, not going to be a Jason, problem. I will. Jason Day is should even be in the same sentence, paragraph, or book as Dabo Sweeney. Who's Jason Day? Or Ryan Day, sorry. Thank you. Jason Day's a golfer, but he also should not be in a book with Davos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, man, I, okay. Yes, you're right. I'm, okay, I cannot be untrue to, to myself. I cannot be untrue to myself. I hate Davo. I hate him. Can't stand Just because you hate him does not like – I don't like Nick Saban, but he's the best coach of all time. Right. So you can admit that Davos Swinney is the better coach. Probably. And Clemson has the better assistance. Yeah. Can you even name the defensive coordinator of Ohio State? I don't want – no, I don't want to. <laughs> it's not I Brent could, Venables. I could, but I don't want to. It's not Brent Venables. Listen, Clemson is built differently this year, man. They are averaging 45 points a game. They're allowing under under 18 points per game. They're allowing under 300 yards per game, Brandon. And you look at this Ohio State team. What is their weakness? Um, 
Ah, tell me. Secondary. Their secondary okay. gets roasted. They're giving up almost 300 yards through the air, Brandon. Do you know what's going to happen if Trevor Lawrence gets cooking? Ah, it's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly. I get that. It's going to get bad. And listen, we we talked to Don Munson. That episode is out. Y'all heard him say Ohio State is not going to let number nine beat them. Well, I told him, I think you should more worry about number 16 not beating you. Right. I would rather number nine go crazy than number 16 because number 16 could do it through the air and the ground. Agreed. And we saw what Trevor Lawrence did with his feet against Ohio State last year. I, I see more of that coming this time. Listen, I have no faith in this because, listen, Trey Sermon is not going to bail you out. If Trey Sermon runs for 300 yards on Clemson, Brandon, I will give you whatever amount of money you want. I want your new Xbox. Okay, bet. I will put my new Xbox up if Trey Sermon runs for 300 yards against Clemson. <laughs> okay. I'm so serious. I'm down. <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm serious. And listen – Trevis at the end, I think it's going to find ways to get creative. Because listen, you can shut down his run, but guess what? They can line him out at five wide, and now you got to cover him in, in open space. And I don't think there's a DB on that field that, that wants to, that wants that matchup. That's true. And Brandon, I know, you know, I know you were traveling during my during the Munson episode. You know, broke my heart there. He couldn't be with us. Did Did you hear the stat that he gave in that episode? I. Yeah, I, I did. I did watch that episode. About James Skalski and Tyler Davis, who are both healthy this time. Right. That defense averages one, one yard of play. Oh, that's bananas. With them on the field. And guess what? I got a feeling James Skalski and Tyler Davis are going to be on the field almost every play. Well, yeah. They're not going to be able to run up the middle. They're not going to be able to pass. Man, we, we broke down what their DBs. Their DBs are allowing like 20% completion percentage on one-on-one coverage. I mean, yeah. And listen, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and the boys, they are probably the best set of wide receivers Clemson's seen this year. But I, I, I'm taking Brent Venables' scheme, man. Brent Venables is going to get after Justin Fields. And, yes, we saw Ohio State take a 14-0 lead last year against Clemson. But guess what happened? The better team won that game. Regardless if it was penalties, regardless if it was bad calls or this or that, it does not matter. Clemson was the better team last year because I don't think Ohio State would even keep it close in the first half against LSU last year. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. I, I brought this up to, you know, Don on the last episode. He he, he, he kind of didn't see it my way, but I really believe this. I think this is more of a revenge game for Clemson than it is Ohio State. Why is that? Have you met one person where you talk about this Ohio State-Clemson game last year that didn't say Ohio State got robbed? Um, yeah, a couple Clemson fans. Okay. Outside of outside of Clemson, South Carolina area. No, I mean my my roommate last year was in Mobile, but uh, yeah, I, outside I get of the saying. Clemson fan base, there is nobody who will say that, that everyone think everyone will say that Ohio State should have won that game. Right. They would say they would say, oh, their wide receiver fell down. If he makes that cut, they win. Oh, if that if that pass was was ruled if that wasn't ruled a fumble or whatever, there uh, the targeting, all this kind of stuff. If Everyone doesn't respect Clemson's win. I think you know Davos Sweeney, Brandon. Someone could sneeze wrong, and he's that's on the bulletin board saying that they don't think they, they Clemson belongs in the playoffs or something Dude, there, crazy. There, there could be just nothing, and there'd be something on the bulletin board. I'm telling you, <laughs> Davo is a master of propaganda. I don't get it. He, he's but he's a dictator. Is what he is. He's a, he's, he's a Winston Churchill in the flesh. No, he's like a Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Fair enough to listen. If there is no bigger bulletin more material, you know Davos Sweeney has been in all those players' ears saying 
They think you're garbage. They don't think you should have won last year. No, 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 no. And Brandon, this is the coolest thing ever. So I don't know. You have I'm, have you been to Clemson before? No. They have a graveyard site outside the athletic facility okay. in which every single ranked team that they beat away from Death Valley, which is playoff games, national championships, on the road, all that, they have they have an individual grave headstone of that team and that score. And you know Davis when he took that headstone out of the ground and just pinned it on the bulletin board and said they think that's fake. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're not wrong. And I think Clips is coming out here. Listen, Trevor Lawrence, I, everyone could tell me that he doesn't care about winning the Heisman. I know deep down in that, that new soul, there's a competitor that is pissed off that people said Justin Fields is a better quarterback and that they are that he knows he's not going to win the Heisman. Yeah. There's there's a competitor deep down in Travis at the end that is tired of hearing that he had a bad year. Yeah. That defense is tired of hearing that LSU beat them down last year in the biggest game in this stadium. Well, they did. And I think this Clemson team is going to come up fired up, man. I have Clemson big here, Brandon. I have Clemson 45-24 over Ohio State. Um, Man, I, I hate to keep following picks i really really do um and but i mean how how could you not pick clemson i know how could you not in this game i mean and i think it's a big win too honestly i'll keep this a little bit closer just because i'm i'm hoping just for my sake and my own happiness that this is a close game um I'm going to go with, with Ohio State covering the spread. I mean, they're not going to win. But I'm going with them covering the spread. I'm, I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson 41, Ohio State 38. I like that. I like that. But, guys, that's a wrap on our bowl picks. We got one storyline here, though. It, it pertains to this last game. And, Brandon, there's a rumor that started by, start, started by Ohio State. Ryan Day um, started this thing that said um, – that Clemson, quote, unquote, seems to always know exactly what the other team is doing in terms of the play that they are running. They seem to always call the right defense. Why is that? I really don't know, but I can tell you he's been doing it for a really long time. So we have another bulletin board material here <laughs> where, <laughs> Ryan, where <laughs> Ryan Day is saying that Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables is stealing play calls and signals. Well, um, I'm on. I'm on board for this theory. By the way, I'm on. I, I I can I can buy into a good conspiracy. Okay, so here's my take on this, Brandon. I think they do, but here's my take on it. It's not against the rules. If you're not good enough oh to hide your signals, God. then that is your fault. They're getting stolen. Okay, if you're calling plays in the middle of the game, right across the sideline, and they are doing the same thing every time. And so every time this dude hits his arm, it's a it's a five-wide post route here, slant here. Why would you not take that information and make the right adjustments? Yeah, why wouldn't you just put put outfield cameras uh, and that still catch so your signs? Why wouldn't that you? That is so different. Because it's not illegal in baseball to steal signs with just your eyes. Dude, What? okay, so, you, so you're, what you're thinking is that Clemson goes into the game and doesn't know anything, and then at halftime they regroup and they're like, "Okay, well, this has been happening every time he calls that." You think they have an analyst just doing that? I don't think so. I think that they're watching game film and they're seeing these signs. Okay, and that's that's a that's a Ohio State fault for keeping the game signs the same between games. I mean, every team does. I don't know a team that's that's not true. That's not dude. You don't think those teams with those little boards don't switch up what plays are associated with which pitcher? They might. It would be smart too, right? Because someone with a half brain could figure it out. 
I don't know. That, that, uh, let's see, because I've got three quarters of a brain. It's pretty difficult for me to think of that. Uh, listen, it's not against the rules to steal signs. It, <laughs> Zach, you were just on the wrong side of this argument. You were simply on the wrong not. side of this argument. You are. It's okay to steal signs. That's fine with you. Okay. So Zach's an Astros fan. Listen, no, I hate the Astros. That that you can't do it like that. Like that's just cheating, right? That's that's like taking steroids in a weightlifting competition. I mean, listen, here's here's where the issue compounded. Okay, Ohio State's of a graduate assistant Chandler Whitmer left Ohio State last season and is now an offensive assistant for Clemson. Okay, so he knows all the signals, right? And knows the playbook. And so a lot of people are, you know, that they're be- so apparently an, an anonymous coach um, told Yahoo Sports, which broke this story, that they are incredible at it. And when you play them, it's not an even playing field. They have so many analysts that specialize in stealing signals because they're former players. That's crazy. Um, and so, so here's the key. They said, and I want you guys to do this too, because I know all y'all listening are going to be watching this game. Because if you listen to a strictly college football podcast and you don't watch this game, I need you to stop listening because this this is probably <laughs> pointless. They said that all 11 defenders always face vim- Venables until the moment before the snap. And then they say that's when the sign stealing will occur. Will occur. Venables will signal it with a counter call moments before the snap, and then Clemson will adjust. That's wild. That's bananas. Yep, and so they so listen. This is how good they are, Brandon. This one coach said that they should be in the KGB, the Russian mafia, <laughs> for stealing communications because they're that good. <laughs> that's, the fun, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard today. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite quote of all time. Clemson, you know what? That's my new conspiracy: is that Clemson is in the KGB, every single one of them. Yep. So apparently, that's not, the, that's not the Russian mafia. That's like the Russian like intelligence go, agency. Yeah, something, uh, dude. It, it's scary. Everything in Russia is scary. I have a whole theory on how Russia is scary. <laughs> we we could talk about it one day, not on the podcast, but off <laughs> off, off camera. But that's another um, podcast. Zach and I are yeah. starting another podcast about Russia. Oh, dude, I, I could start a whole podcast about Russia. But listen. I'm not going to lie to you. If you're that good where an anonymous coach compares, compares you to a Russian intelligence agency, <laughs> like that's pretty stout, dude. Like that's listen, Clemson can recruit better than you. They have the better, they have better coaches, better players, better facilities. And now they're, they're just as good at stealing play calling. Right. That's pretty stout. That's why that's yeah, pretty that's stout. Wild. I mean, so like, so the way to counteract this, according to like this article is that you do a sugar huddle, or you do real hurry up stuff, or you do like real slow play calling where you wind it down, where you snap it as soon as the play calls in there because so they don't have time to adjust. And, you know, um, that makes me think, I mean, Brandon, how, so if they're doing this, how come LSU has so much success? Uh, they're just good. They're just, they, okay, because LSU's roster last year is just playing on Sundays now. That's why. That's true. Justin Jefferson's going to be number two in the rookie of the year voting. Right. To be fair, because I mean Justin Herbert's going to win that. I mean, I don't think I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I, well, that's a hold. That's from my NFL podcast, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that Jacksonville running back should have a should have a good shot at it. But I don't. That's think. true. I don't think I don't think he will. But 
I mean, so Brandon, I mean, so do you think this will play a factor this weekend? And I mean, do you think they're valid? And like, what, what do you think this sort of like could do about it? I mean, I guess they could investigate it. I mean, they could pay closer attention and obviously, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, that is a tough theory to start if you're Ryan day, because just saying that they're stealing signs because they're good at defense. That seems a little like, you know, that seems like, Oh, you setting up because if they lose this game, he's going to have something to fall back on, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, I, I mean, that's just, I, I don't, I don't know how much weight I'm actually putting into this theory is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's fun to joke about, but I don't know how much weight I'm actually going to put into that. Yeah, I mean, because I I don't think they – so the thing about it is, like, I mean, Clemson, if if it's really truly, you would expect them to play better in the second half against teams, right? Right. LSU murked them in the second half. Right. Clemson was better in the first half. Now, you could make the argument that they knew the signs in the first half, and then at halftime they changed them all. True. But you look at the Ohio State game, maybe Jason Day – I mean, not Jason. I keep saying Jason because <laughs> I've been watching golf. Ryan Day, um, maybe he's saying it because if you remember, Ohio State was dominating that first half of that game. Right, yeah, they were. And in the second half, they got shut down. So – I don't know. So, like, you know, I made the joke, you know, about all that. But, like, I don't think they're actually still in science. I just think Brent Venables is that good. Yeah, I, I mean, he is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how much stock you can actually put in the whole sign ceiling theory. It just, to me, seems a little far-fetched. Uh, I mean, if they are, that's, I, in my opinion, I don't think it's right. You know, even if they're doing it legally, as Zach says, I don't think it's right. Um, but I don't know how much stock I can actually put into it. Yeah, I'm not putting a super lot of stock in. Listen, if they are, that it, before you start complaining, like you have to start changing up your signs or being more creative. Like, because if they're stealing them during the game, then that's not a problem. But if they're stealing them on film, that could be a punishment. But if in the game you're not being creative enough, then how's that on them? Right. There's a reason why coaches cover their mouths when they call plays and stuff like that. So why wouldn't you do the same thing when you're calling plays? Yeah, that's true. So. I'm interested to see here, but guys, that's a wrap. You know, we got we're, we got one more episode coming tomorrow where we're gonna re, we're gonna uh, cover the January second bowl games to end our bowl preview coverage. Recaps are starting next week. Then we got the national championship preview. We're gonna have a Heisman recap, so we'll have some announcements all on that. Don't know where to find us: Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. YouTube, the Blue Blood CFP podcast. Make sure to go check out Don Munson's interview for even more content on the Sugar Bowl. And guys, we will be back very soon. Y'all have a great New Year's, and we will see y'all in 2021. We out.